Welcome to Haven, the podcast where we explore the vast landscape of loss. There's no going over or around grief. We're going to take it piece by piece and navigate these tough topics the only way we know how, by going through it. This podcast discusses miscarriage, pregnancy, infant, and child loss, so please listen with care. I'm Jen Burgard, your host, and following my own personal tragedy founded Haven, Landscape of Loss. We are telling stories of loss and sharing our perspectives about surviving grief. Our guest today shares the raw reality of infertility and pregnancy loss, identifying failures of the system surrounding her. Better support, education, and advocacy are necessary in our communities, and she is doing something about it. Listen now with Kendra Alexander. Welcome, Kendra. It's so great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. As we record, it, spring is finally happening, so I think that helps all of us. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this episode in the winter, but as we record, it's spring. And just a reminder. <laughs> yes, it's coming. It is. It is. So, Kendra, tell us a little bit about you and where you're from. So I am currently in Georgia. I'm originally from Maine. I am here to share my story of loss, my miscarriage experience and how it's changed my life. And I am looking forward to our conversation and just letting women know they're not alone and, you know, all that that withholds and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to share. Yeah, great. So Tell us a little bit about how long ago you experienced your loss then. So I experienced my loss in July of 2020, which was a crazy year for everybody. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So we had been married for, well, in 2020, it was two years. We got married in 2017. In 2018, we decided we were ready to start trying for a baby and I had had a history of cycles that weren't always aligned each month. They were abnormal and sometimes they'd come, sometimes they wouldn't. And that I was a product of the era of just get on birth control and all will be good. Mm -hmm. So I was on that for about eight years. And when I got off of it, my cycle was never normal. So when I got off of it, there was no conditioning to my body. It was just you're good to go. So from there, like I said, that was about 2018. And we started trying in the fall. And I had missed about three cycles. And I knew enough to know that that required probably some medical attention, because I wasn't pregnant. So I went to the doctor and, you know, just your general OB office. And through blood work, she told me, in a very cold and unpleasant way. I guess I've become really connected to the way people deliver things through my own experience because she mentioned that I had low progesterone and quickly went right into that can cause miscarriage. And so all I heard was miscarriage and infertility risk. And I was, you know, the only one in the room. I kind of wish I brought somebody with me to hear what she was saying. Yeah. But anyways, from that, it was a very cold environment and I left not knowing much. And my mind, the way I kind of get my bearings is 
I start researching just to feel like I understand and know what's happening to me and to others and making sense of it. And if I can help myself, I'm a fixer by nature. So from there, from learning I had low progesterone and I was estrogen dominant, when you start diving into hormones, it's very overwhelming. There's so much information, but yet there's so little. So it's really an interesting thing to research because if you're like, granted, we don't need to understand like the scientific level of it, but we need like, there just needs to be more, I don't know, just approachable information. Maybe that's the word. Mm -hmm. So I felt really overwhelmed and spent. So from the beginning of our journey, we had tried for 16 months And over that 16 months, I spent all that time researching hormones. Every book I felt connected to read, I changed my whole life, basically. I was really connected to holistically healing from within. I've learned so much about food and inflammation and sugar and all of that. And I really dove into my health and my well-being because I really saw that it was all together. So... You know, I addressed my sleep, my water intake, my sugar, all of the things. And granted, I'm just going on like I have low progesterone and that's kind of it for at that point. So there was no specific thing I was seeking. But from there, I said we had tried for 16 months and that led into 2020, which was a crazy year. <laughs> so, you know, I think there was added stress during that time, of course, because like, Everybody, we were kind of wondering what was going to happen. So we ended up becoming pregnant in June of 2020. And I was kind of really in shock because after you go so long, you're like, well, maybe this is just not my, what's going to happen. This is not my past. This mm-hmm. is not what's meant for me. Sure. So every month it's like a cycle of like, you have to, kind of like talk yourself into trying again because it you know after it mentally it gets a hold of you and I I wouldn't say that I was comforted through my experience and my support so it was solely just me kind of figuring it out on my own and my face of course so we got pregnant in June and over the moon overjoyed it was such a blessing such a gift and I from the I think for the second that I was pregnant, it was painful and I had nothing to compare it to. So I just kind of adjusted my mind to like, okay, maybe pregnancy is painful. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what my experience is. And we, it was probably like, I think I was four or five weeks into the pregnancy and still very early, but I had started spotting brown spotting and if you look that up on google that it's not good Mm -hmm. right (laughs) so i through the fear of seeing blood because i knew that was pretty abnormal i called the doctor my ob this was a new ob not the one that told me i had an imbalance and she they didn't really act like anything was like abnormal they were kind of just like okay just watch it and we'll see you in like five or six days that was when my next appointment was and so they really led me to think okay this is you know it's okay but then you talk to people that you work with and they're like oh it could be ectopic you could lose the baby you know like just 
voices start talking in your, you know, like just input that leads you on the edge, of course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I finally got to that first appointment where initially I think that's where they solidify that you're pregnant. And it was just like, again, a cold setting. The OB was super pregnant and she had a student with her and like very unwelcoming in the sense of like what I had to say didn't really matter. My body was kind of just in the room and we were talking about it. So I said, I've been spotting. I know in the past I have been on progesterone. I know that that can be a source of help when you're pregnant. Is that something we should do? And she actually laughed at me, her and the student. And she said, that's just a Band-Aid. I don't have a lot of words for that. Okay. No. I'm so sorry. Thank you. So, again, I wish I brought somebody with me because, I don't know, once you feel like a mockery and that you're really small in this situation, I was like, okay, I'll stop talking and just go with it. So, and then from there, she led right into, you could be really early, which... When you're trying to get pregnant, you are monitoring everything. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I know that I'm like four or five weeks, but she kept saying, no, you're probably really early. Okay. But she said it could be really early or it's ectopic pregnancy. And then she went into ectopic pregnancy. And so, I mean, ectopic is so serious. Mm -hmm. It was a fallopian tube. You can lose your life. You can Mm -hmm. lose your chance of conception I mean it goes on and the treatment is harsh and oh my goodness yeah so I was spiraling of course and I left that appointment not really feeling heard or cared for or like positive about my future but granted this was my first experience so I'm like okay this is what it's going to be like and she scheduled something for like two weeks later and in between that two weeks I didn't stop spotting, but I it didn't get worse, didn't get better. My mind, my mental state got severely worse. Like, yes, I had, I'm sure. I had insomnia. Like, yeah, I mean, what do you do? Like, every Google things. search, right? <laughs> my husband actually had to literally every night take my phone away from me because I would just sit there and just, oh, like, yeah. It's like panic attacks and anxiety. So, you know. Yeah. Well, because you can find those stories. You can find the positive ones, right? You will find them. They're like, well, I spotted the whole time, but baby was fine. I'm fine, you know? know. And so you hang on to hope. You know, those stories give you hope. Absolutely. And I was just seeking somebody like me that had an experience. And I didn't know coaches existed. So I just hung on to like podcasts or, you know, articles and so it just kind of started growing the pain and it was in one spot. I could feel it. It was like in my right ovary and, you know, at night it would just, the insomnia was just insane and leading up to the next appointment, you know, cause you feel so vulnerable and scared. It's like, just make it, you know, like, I don't, it's just, it's severe. It's a lot to take as a person and it's your first time after oh, yeah. so long. And so probably, well, actually before that next appointment, I had to actually call multiple times, questioning the blood, questioning all kinds of things. And 
she talked to me for like 10 minutes, but it was more like, oh, you're fine. You're healthy. You're young. You know, that thing they do where it's just like, you're going to be okay. Just chill out. And when you know your body, like when you're in tune, you're connected. It's like, no, something's wrong and I can feel it. Mm-hmm. So that nothing ever came of it. And the morning of the second appointment, I started bleeding heavily. And, you know, I had read clearly enough to know that that was not a good sign. Yeah. But I think when you're like, I've been saying, like, when you go into experience of trauma, your body kind of goes numb and you, you're not aware of things that are happening to you. It's just protective survival mode. So the blood was a lot abnormally, like more than a period. And my husband went to this appointment with me and we get there and, you know, we go in the room and they have to do a probe, vaginal probe ultrasound because they tried to do it over the belly and they couldn't find the sac. They couldn't find a heartbeat. And they, it was torturous for like 25 minutes. It felt like forever, but they were just had that thing and it was just very intense pain and they were searching and they were would say things like, oh, that could be it or that could be a mass or that could be it. No, that looks like, like it just was just the verbiage that was happening in this setting. And clearly at that point, I'm like, okay, something's wrong, obviously. And the woman walks out of the room and leaves us there for like, felt like, probably 20 minutes, no words, nothing, just walked out. And then four doctors come in or a couple nurses and a couple doctors. I didn't gather, but they start looking again and same verbiage. Like I think we can't swap the amount. This could be a mass. This could be it. Or this is, you know, whatever, whatever. It was just, just so uncompassionate of a setting. I can't even describe it. So I'm sobbing, of course, at this point. One of the nurses in the room actually says, why is she crying? Sorry? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, and like even the other professionals in the room were just like, are you serious? So from there, and again, it was another situation where I felt unheard, unsupported, just cold and the doctor did say it wasn't a viable pregnancy, but I didn't hear that. So we left thinking that we were, it was just another waiting period of time. And so no clear I instructions. Actually, no, nothing. Even if it, my questions now are like, if it wasn't viable, wouldn't you instruct me on like, what, what, what do you do? Next? Yeah. What, what is next? Yeah. So there was none of that. By a blessing, a miracle, I don't know how else to say it other than just a gift. I naturally miscarried at home. When we got home, it was very, now that I've had a birth, it was comparable to my birth with my son, the contractions and the pain. But it's like, I had the best outcome possible in a loss because it was natural. And actually where I was feeling the pain in the right ovary, that's where it was. It was like, it wasn't ectopic, but it was stuck 
kind of in the fallopian tube and it like oh fell out. Oh my God. So it never attached. So I just had this thing of like, I could see it. And it, that day when we were, the day married, you can see it like, you know, there. Yeah. So miscarried at home and were you alone for that my husband was there but I it's crazy because I was so numb that I didn't even know what was happening like the pain I don't know it's so such an interesting thing to look back on because like I'm so aware of this thing that could happen but again I was like so unaware of it was happening so I guess my mental state retreated out of the present moment, but he was there and my mom was on the phone. I called the doctor because they had instructions. That was one thing that call us, you know, if anything changes. And the only thing she said was, you can try again next month, call us when you're pregnant. <sighs> wow. Zero, yeah. zero sympathy, zero empathy. Yes. I mean, yeah, just that, like such an experience. And I get in that setting, they see it often. But like, for me, that was the first time that was huge. That was life changing. So yeah, I think it really sparked my passion going forward. But that was your introduction to motherhood, right? That was your intro. I mean, how defeating yeah and just kind of like I was connected with my body but they weren't they were so unassuring that I felt so disconnected after my loss which you would normally anyways but even further so because I was like well maybe I'm just wrong about it all and I don't know anything you know you're really you just target yourself right after the fact self-blame is real Oh my goodness, is it ever? Yeah. So after that, what happens next? I mean... Well, so the torture with that hospital did continue because I had to continue to go and get blood work because they need to see the HCG go down. So that that is blood work. I think it was every week for like six weeks until it reaches... I think zero and there's nothing that means you're past everything. So I highlight that note because in this doctor's office, here I am going through a loss, having to return every week. I'm sitting in this room with women that are Googling over their ultrasounds, joyous, big bellies, just happy. And here I am. So I've become a real advocate for like, where you feel safe you should be you know like that that was hugely torturous because I mean it's reinstating the trauma every time you sit and like sit next and they didn't know but like there could be some space saved for grieving bereavement mothers that you know I mean it's terrible yeah what if there is what if there's something so simple you know just a simple kindness that we could offer you know, those moms going through that, right? I mean. Yes, absolutely. And from there, it took, I think it was like four or five visits of doing blood work to fully 
release everything. And that's another area of miscarriage. It's like, I know my baby stopped growing at week four or five when the bleeding started, but I didn't miscarry until eight weeks. So they don't explain or share like this could be a really long process because then you bleed afterwards for a while and you cramp and you like, it's not just an instant. If you get medical procedure done, that's obviously faster, but naturally it takes a while. So I knew after this miscarriage, I knew, well, I think me and my husband, we both have said like, we were extremely numb for quite a few weeks, you know, processing. And I knew space was necessary for both of us to process in our own way. And so we kind of reverted internally because we weren't strong enough to like provide for each other what we needed and the comfort and the support. But it's interesting how people around you react and society and the expectation of Like I took one day off of work because I felt that was all I could do. So the pressure of, okay, you're normal now. It happened, but it's normal. Like you're good, right? Did you share about your loss with your community around you or? Yes, I sent, I sent out a text actually that day saying I had a loss. I'm not ready to talk about it. But it's interesting how you just see a lot from people in a traumatic experience and you see the ones that are there or not. So I feel like everybody expected me just to be okay and kind of less vulnerable than I wanted to be. But I knew that if I needed to get through it and have a possibility of even ever trying again, I needed to emotionally heal and work through it. So I was supported, but it wasn't, the conversation was not welcomed. Like, it was like this elephant in the room, but just don't talk about it. Mm. So I had to repress a lot. I had, I went to a baby shower a month later. I like that. Oh my goodness. If I could go back in time, there were many things that I wouldn't. For my love of myself now. Oh my goodness. But what do you like pressure? Because if you don't show up, then it's like. Oh, no, because you're already feeling attached to your, like, you know, you're already so against yourself, or I was, I was so disconnected. And from that hospital experience, I knew I could not go back into that hospital again. So word of mouth, I found an OB that came highly recommended. The woman told me she had a loss experience. So I was like, okay, I'm in good company. Let's try a fresh new doctor that I feel heard and validated. And so from my loss, I had missed a few cycles again. That's kind of my telltale sign of over stress, depression. I mean, you name it. And I was feeling it. So I, I, I meet this new doctor and she did a fresh blood panel. And I don't think it was anything different than what had been done before, but she, the difference was she listened to my symptoms and what I was saying. So I felt really heard and really like she was really wanted to help me. And she, from that blood work, she discovered that I had PCOS. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was never spoken to me other than that moment when she's like, you have PCOS. 
And I knew my miscarriage was not for just because I just had this gut instinct that was like, no, you have to fight to learn why and you're not going to be settled with it's just because. And clearly PCOS, I mean, your risk for everything is greater and it's a hormonal imbalance that's kind of all the time continuous. It doesn't ever go away. So your risk for miscarriage is three times greater. And so it was in the same sense of me being super overwhelmed and scared of PCOS and my future. I was so relieved to know that I have an answer. Yeah, to have an answer. I mean, another piece of medical information that would have been helpful. Yes. And I, you know, I said I was on birth control, but I, I think I had PCOS as a teenager I can remember all the symptoms, like kind of carrying them through my young adult life. And so, you know, it kind of, the diagnosis, as much as it was scary, it was like, this it connected me more to myself. So I'm like, this is why I have to snack all the time with my blood sugar. And this is why sugar makes me feel terrible and gluten and, you know, all the things. And the craziest thing about learning about PCOS and moving forward my doctor was so kind and she was like, basically she held my hand and she was like, this is what we're going to do to get you pregnant. And like, she just filled me with hope. And so she handed me this calendar for an ovulation induction. And I took Clomid for a month and she's like, it was going to take, it's going to take all the fun out of sex. But you know, at that point, it's not very fun anymore. You know, right. They use the word trying for a reason, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But within that first month, I was pregnant. And the biggest full circle thing that I could express is like the second I called and told her I was pregnant, she called in a prescription of progesterone for 14 weeks. So the very thing the doctor was like, no, that's a Band-Aid was the thing. And I don't know if that would have even helped that pregnancy. Right. Right. You know, like, but you were heard. Yeah. You were heard. Yes. Yeah. The whole, oh my goodness. But it doesn't, you know, even though I, I had it like it was successful, I was still getting over and mourning my, you know, loss. So it was complex and hard. But yeah, it just really sparked a need and a desire for me to help others for sure. I love that. And there's so much room, right? There's so much room clearly still, you know, that was 2020. There's women going through that experience today, you know? And so there's just so much room for more support and more help. And I I love that you can take your experience and step into that. I mean, that's amazing. So what is it that you're doing? So I have started a business called Bravely She Blooms Wellness. Okay. I am a week away from becoming an integrative nutritional health coach with a specialty in hormones. So with that being said, as a coach, viewing well-being as like your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual being versus just band-aiding symptoms. So like the, the approach is like we address the root, we look deeper things are so connected between our mind and body. And so the coaching aspect has just really, I just want to support women in any way possible. And so 
that is has been life changing. I'm also studying to become a bereavement and lost doula. And with that piece, I really wanted to understand all possible situations of loss through the entire pregnancy. And just kind of another added layer of compassion for women that, you know, need more or the family needs more support, you know, because like me, I didn't know what to do after my loss. I like, so if you could have a guide or a support person being there, caring, showing you like, you know, cause at some point in the pregnancy, a funeral has to happen versus just, you know, so that's hard to navigate. So just learning ways that I can help and provide hope. And with the doula that I'll be a certified doula, I think next month. Awesome. And one more little certification, I'm becoming a Christian mental health coach. So just kind of an added layer of like processing trauma and grief and providing hope for people and just knowing what to say, how to help people cope. So this is amazing and such a wide array of help and services. I think this is phenomenal. So a couple questions, follow-up questions for you. So with your coaching and with the integrative health piece and the hormones, is this something that you do and coach women through as they're maybe trying to get pregnant or on that infertility journey? Is that a place where you would step in and help? Yes. So I help and support women that have experienced miscarriage and want to try again. Amazing. And then I think I just think back, I can't help but think back to your experience and, you know, you at home experiencing your miscarriage and going through that pain and, you know, your husband was there and you're on the phone with your mom, but would it have been helpful for you to have someone who could help you understand, you know, is this normal? Is what I'm experiencing normal? Can I stay here? Do I, what do I do? You know, how long can I expect this to last? I mean, what feelings am I having? You know, so many questions. Is that a place that you would offer support? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I connect more with that hopelessness, that low point of this process. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't have what I want to give. I want somebody's experience to be much softer than mine. And I didn't know coaches were really a thing even in 2020 or I, oh my goodness, I would have done anything to have one. Yeah. But yeah, I think I would love, so I have a a longer phased program I offer or I'm thinking about doing, I don't want to call it a miscarriage hotline, but like just even a one-time conversation of like, here's how I can help you going forward. How are you like, cause you know, in those, I mean, I won't say that the thoughts get really dark when you're alone and you're giving birth in your hormones. Yeah. So like, yeah, there is a phase of postpartum and For like, sure. it's a very, yeah, very real things. And I would have, oh my goodness anything to make me feel comfort and my sole purpose is to make women feel less alone through their loss. So absolutely. I mean, and we here of course believe that there is almost no support like the support of another Mm -hmm. person who's been there and can Mm -hmm. hear you and understand because they know, 
right? They know the the hole that you're in. They know the deep, the scary thoughts, the, you know, the self-flame. They know all of those things, right? And can help you, mm-hmm. you know, pull out of that, right? So that we don't have to continue yes. to live there. Because there is hope after loss. There absolutely is. And so it's just really hard to see. It's very hard to see when you're in it, you know? Absolutely. And just to have somebody literally hold your hand that's been, you know, like you said, been through it. It's just such a gift that I I just want to pay it forward. I love that. I think that's amazing. So are there any resources? Otherwise, I mean, things that it sounds like you've done so much research. Are there resources that you would recommend that you can think of offhand to those navigating that? You know, is there a book on hormones or PCOS or something like that that would be helpful? Oh, my goodness. This one book called Awakening Fertility. It's very much a holistic approach and a mind-body approach, but it kind of helps you mentally prepare for pregnancy, but in a way of like connecting from your spirit to your womb and like encouragement of acupuncture, which I did all through my experience. It changed my life, but I can't say enough about it. I will also give that, a shout out to acupuncture. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing. Every, in every way, but awakening fertility, I kind of really... I was the one that was searching like hashtags for ectopic pregnancy. I identified more with ectopic, even though I didn't have one. I felt more aligned with like, I feel like I kind of did. But I was kind of just seeking like podcasts and I don't have any specifics. I kind of dove more into my faith and getting my mental being recentered. And I, actually really dove into my physical movement. Mm. There's a program called Fertile Hope Yoga and it's fertility-based yoga through your cycles through the month and prenatal and postnatal. But I was so, this sounds terrible, but in hatred with my body that I had to meet it again and see the strength that I had and see how to process through stress and anxiety when it came up. So I just got on the mat and just like through breath and through movement and just kind of learned how to release the, let the stress leave my body. And, you know, those things are, are hard when you've never done it before. So I'm just like, I want women to know the options of like what your body holds within itself, you know, you just need somebody to help you see. I think that's great. I actually think those are amazing resources that you just shared with us. And I love what you said about meeting your body again. That is so powerful, especially after going through trauma, really stripping it down and meeting your body again. They say in yoga, a fair amount, meeting you at the mat, right? And it's Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. And it it really is hard to describe unless you go down that path and try to experience it. So I think those are amazing resources. So thank you for sharing those. Absolutely. So how can folks find you locally or virtually? Where can we find you? You can find me um, primarily on Instagram, um, Bravely She Blooms Wellness. I have a private Facebook group. It's a long title, but if you search peace while trying to conceive peace while TTC. Okay. I think 
sorry, it's a long title. I think I'm going to adjust it a little bit, but mm-hmm. just search peace with TTC. And Instagram is probably the best way, but I am going to work on putting together an email group. I feel like I've grown enough to have grown my community. That's been such a priority. But I am soon launching my first program, a one-on-one coaching mentorship called The Support She Seeks. So to me, I feel like for women to rebalance and realign their body and kind of understand cycles and rhythms, it takes about three months of prepping. Mm -hmm. can take more or not, but like just kind of meeting, like I'm saying, meeting yourself again to understand your rhythms and make node and make shifts and lifestyle shifts that are just subtle. And I kind of do, I'm going to offer two 90 minute coaching sessions a month with unlimited connection to me through the week. And, you know, and if you're trying through those phases too, I'm a support when you find that if it's not positive through the month and, you know, kind of customizing it just, wholeheartedly to each woman since they're so unique, basically, you know. That's fantastic. What a much needed service. I think that's amazing. Well, we will put those links in our show notes so folks can find those there. And hopefully folks will reach out and connect with you because I think that's an amazing service that you're providing. So, and again, I just want to tell you, I'm so sorry for the experience that you had. And I think if we keep having these conversations, right, if if women keep speaking up and keep sharing their stories, eventually it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And so I thank you for bravely sharing your story with all of us and for doing something to make a difference. It matters. It truly does. And I feel absolutely inspired by you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you all. And we will see you again next time. Thank you for listening to Haven's Landscape of Loss. If you found it helpful to hear this story and are going through a loss journey of your own or supporting someone else who is, consider subscribing on wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with loved ones, post about it on social media, and leave a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Finally, to learn more and get even more resources about the loss journey, or to send a healing gift, please visit havenmidwest.org. And while you're there, consider donating. This podcast is made possible by our partners at Tellwell, listeners like you, and folks willing to share their stories so we can all heal together. You are-